Well, this is this is a big one. Special edition. It's special edition. Normally, we're goofing around. Yeah, we're... I've never been more ashamed to let somebody into our studio. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as he came in, I was like a lady. I was like, well, sorry, it's so messy in here. <laughs> uh, we're here with Nick Bryant. He's the author of uh, The Franklin Scandal and... Confessions of a Madam. Yes, Confessions DC of a DC Madam. Madam. DC confessions Madam. of a DC, DC Madam. Madam. The politics of sex lies and blackmail. Yes. Goddamn. Uh, oh, pull that yeah, mic Nick, over. You speak a little more into the mic. Um, so what you were just saying is how you got involved in, in the Franklin scandal at the very beginning. So let's, yeah, let's well, jump right I, in. I, yeah. I was talking to an editor at Rolling Stone and he said, pitch me dark stories. And, I, you know, I said, just kind of throwing my hands up in there. So, well, I mean, what do you want? Do you want a story on Nazis? Do you want a story on Satanists? I mean, wh what do you want? And he goes, Satanists. That sounds good. <laughs> so I... I started this whole odyssey, this very dark odyssey. I was talking to Satanists, um, and they struck me as they, – they didn't strike me as very ethical people. Mm, yeah. Um, actually quite unctuous. And um, <laughs> I felt like I had to wash my hands, you know, after I hung out with them. Yeah. But anyway, so – and then I was trolling the internet looking for – Subject matter. I mean, when you're going to write something, you try to get as much information as you can and then distill it. And then I came across a cult called the Finders that had been busted by the U.S. Customs for trafficking children. They had six kids in Tallahassee, Arizona, and some concerned citizens called uh, Tallahassee Police Department. And the Tallahassee Police Department arrested the two Finders and put the six kids in protective custody. Yeah. And the two finders were arraigned on multiple counts of child abuse, multiple counts. And they were held at a $100,000 bond. I think it was might have even been higher. And then um, and then two of the kids, according to uh, the Tallahassee police report that I got, two of the kids have been sexually abused. And then the U.S. Customs report, U.S. Customs got involved with it because there was child pornography. And they got a search warrant for the warehouse where the finders lived, and they found child pornography. And and, the warehouse is in, like, D.C., right? Yes, in Washington, yeah. D.C. And they found all kinds of really unsavory things. And, and actually, the finders had been connected to a murder, too. And all of a sudden, the CIA came in and quashed the entire case. And those two finders were just let out of jail. And those kids were repatriated with the cult. And I thought to myself, I kind of thought I knew how the world worked. But after I read that document, it just blew my mind. I mean, what, what have I missed yeah. as far as my understanding of the world? What, what, how is this even possible that the CIA goes to bat for some very strange people that are treating children nefariously. I mean, how how does that happen? So that started my odyssey. That was in 2002. And I've been on this odyssey for the last 20 years. Wow. Damn. So what, what did the editor say when you're like, I got something, when you came back with that? Rather than like run of the mill. Um, he said, you know, Satanism. Nick, um, let's just try to stick with Satanism. <laughs> 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 Wait. How, yeah, what do you think when you like how how many Satanists have you talked to and like what are they what are, what's their like life philosophy? Isn't it just pretty much like selfishness or like? Well, I mean, there's different types of Satanists. Because if that's the case, I might be a Satanist. <laughs> I'm pretty selfish. You with my would lifestyle. Not wait, dude. You're not talking enough. 
there's <laughs> there, there's different type of Satanists, um, and they run the gamut. I uh, some of them it was very strange. Some of the Satanists that I talked to were really really stupid, mm-hmm. and some of them were really really smart. Yeah, I, I didn't find any Satanists in between, but. Um, <laughs> I was going to go to uh, one of the black masses. My here was my it was a simple plan. Uh, I'm going to go to this black mass and I'm going to write a uh, an article about it. And one of the the high priests said I had to read this book written by one of the satanists of uh, the founder of that particular satanic mm-hmm. sect and I read the book and I said, "Well, you know, I read the book." And he said, "Well, you got to do this. And then I just, you know, he was trying to lead me down this primrose path to uh, <laughs> to embracing Bilzebub. And I, yeah. I realized that they were, they were actually proselytizing to me. Yeah. And uh, it wasn't really like a religion that I felt attracted to. Sure. Didn't so, you have to like eat like, wasn't yeah, the didn't part? Yeah. Like a cum cookie. You trying to get you to eat like <laughs> Yes. Cum. Well, that was one of the problems. Um, Would your editor like, come on. <laughs> yeah. The host was the potentiated ministration and uh, semen of the high priestess and then the priest. On what? And what was the... Like, on, on like a flowery wafer. It, 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 with the Satanists, everything is anti, like it's an anti-host. Sure, you know? yeah. So, um, and it's an anti-black mass, whatever. But, um, well, that was the deal. If I read the book, I wouldn't have to take the anti-host right and yeah. um oh so, really that was so, like if you don't read the yeah oh, well, you read the book mm-hmm. and you won't have to, but then i read the book I'd and i said i read the book and i said no you still have to take the anti-host oh. so oh what's so, so i'm i'm really up to I, I like people to live up to their word um that's important to me and uh, it was kind this. of it was kind of apparent to me that the uh the, the people in the darker fraternity so didn't didn't share his truth the way that I did. But and you you were at an ash, an ashram right when you were younger. I lived in an ashram when I was uh, nineteen years old. How did you how you fall into that? It's like a it's, it's not is that like it's not necessarily Hindu, but it's this like, was a Hindu. This was okay. a, a, a swami. He was okay. he was from India. He was a swami. He was a genuine Indian guru. The Raiders. When I, when, <laughs> when I was um, in my teens, I was really searching. Mm-hmm. Um, and I tried all kinds of spiritual paths and then I ended up living on this ashram with a genuine Indian guru. He was a Swami, which means he was celibate. And, um, so I got there and I was just, I was thirsty for knowledge. And, um, and then I was talking to the Swami one day and I could have swore I smelled cigarettes on his breath. And, you know, I went to one of the people on the ashram who I would later call pod, the pod people. Um, I said, you know, I, you know, I could have sworn I smelled cigarettes on Swami's breath. He goes, yeah, well, see, the deal with that is um, he has to have one vice that keeps him tethered to this plane of reality so he can teach us. <laughs> and, um, now, needless to say, that didn't make a lot of sense to me. And then I found that out that he was having sex with all these girls on the ashram. And then I found out he was embezzling money for uh, from, awesome. from his, from his more awesome. affluent initiates. And I was thinking to myself, that guy must be really spiritually developed. <laughs> <laughs> if, if he's got to do all that just to stay on this plane of reality. I was... I think I mean, that's why that's I was so lot of, for so long. <laughs> yeah. That was a bit of a swami. No. Yeah, that was... I always find that intriguing when people end up on... Uh, they seem like a cool place to live. It's just a place you would go 
rather than like a Christian youth thing, it would just be like. I'm fairly certain every single one of those is that. I, what do you think? I don't know um, if I've heard of one story. You'd be smirching all the. Masters. I haven't heard of. I've never heard of one guru that wasn't definitely banging a bunch of the people. Yes, that's what I concluded. Because I, I looked into a lot of different gurus after that, and they all have lower chakra <laughs> problems. Really, all, all, every guru has lower chakra. You know, they're old, ugly Indian men, and then they, yeah. and then they, and they're come trying here. to get bobs in Vagin, <laughs> and they found the best way to get bobs. That's true. And then they come here, and they have all these beautiful young American women who are spiritually starved, throwing themselves at yeah. these, and then it's too much temptation. Yeah, how could they resist? Yeah, yeah, how could they resist? Yeah, it's like I, I found a book, chakra. I found a book in a, a, or like a used bookstore one time. They, they write really good books though. Like I read, there was, this was by a priest and it was like one of the best little books on spirituality I ever read. And I'm like, I got to Google this guy, pedophile. I was like, motherfucker. Damn it. Yeah. Well, that's, it. I mean, that's, <laughs> I read uh, Rama's books and I was really fascinated by them. And, so I mean that's what why I ended up at that ashram. So what do you let's which one do what do you want to get into first yeah. here? Because I read the beginning of the Frank I read I read about half of the Franklin scandal. And like I said, I was falling asleep. I would listen to I listen to audiobooks at night. So I was listening to the Franklin scandal at night and it was fucking me up. Like every night I was like, Jesus Christ and then I would start go- like I, I never went to sleep. I would just start Googling things like the finders. Immediately I started Googling yeah. that. And then I started going into like Pizzagate because it was in DC. And they were attracting this. Like, then I was like, is Pizzagate real? Like, you know, it's just every time I started reading, is Pizzagate real? I have no idea on that <laughs> right. one. I'm, yeah. I'm agnostic <laughs> towards Good. pizza. With my philosophic training, um, I, I said philosophy in college, I try to approach everything agnostically. I, I really try not to make judgments on something, even though it may seem like a tautological truth. I try to withhold judgment. And with Pizzagate, I'm agnostic. Yeah. Gotcha. But with the finders, it was the same. I mean, I was listening to you talk about it, but it was the same thing where it's like once you explain like six children were found with two dudes in suits. Yes. Were they wearing like suits? Yeah. They were the children suits. are all malnourished enough so that uh, just a regular person called the cops when they saw them. Concerned citizens. And then yeah. they got yeah. nothing. It was like, yo, this is very weird. And then, yeah, there's yeah. no way they were like, no, we're just making sure they're good. We just like to dress nice yeah, and we didn't like, have the budget the for their kids? clothes yet. And the guys wouldn't talk, right, when they were getting interrogated. They had the card ready, the card yeah, to be like. Well, and one guy actually went unconscious when the police started to grill him. He went into a satanic <laughs> trance? <laughs> he, he played possum. I don't know if it was satanic, but uh, yeah, he just, he just went what? unconscious. Yeah. It's a good way to it's, resist. It's in the U.S. I might do that to my wife. She's dead weight. <laughs> she starts talking to you. Get a you, you might have to you might have to hook your wife up with the finders, which yeah. I know might be a. I don't know if I'd advise that, no. but you never know. That is crazy because you do. There's a lot of people I'm sure you know this who are delighted in being like that's all a bunch of bull. They don't want to hear any of it whatsoever. But that's like how much of it is like, like as you say, like some of it's conjecture. Some of it is like like how much of the stuff you've done is like ends in kind of like. Like some nebulous, weird stuff, or like what's like factual? Anyone could take and be like this is. Well, this I actually think. Happened. I mean, the Franklin scandal. I was very, very cautious with it and very, very careful. I wanted to nail everything because I knew what I was. The the book that I was writing was so antithetical to people's mundane reality that it was going to be met with very, very a lot of skepticism. Mm-hmm. So, but. What happened with me with the Franklin scandal is I was able to score like there were three grand juries that covered it up. Um, there were two grand juries in uh, 
Nebraska and one grand jury in Washington, D.C. Now, I don't know if your viewers are familiar with the grand jury, but grand juries are infamous for covering things up. Actually, like there was a grand jury in Florida looking into Epstein that said that Epstein hadn't molested a single child. What happens in a grand jury is a special prosecutor is chosen. And then grand jurors are just regular people that have come in to do jury duty and they've been funneled to a grand jury. And it's not adversarial. The special prosecutor picks the evidence that is shown to the grand jurors and calls the witnesses. So special prosecutors have a tremendous amount of power over grand jurors. And actually there was a, uh, a New York judge that had a famous quip that grand jurors have so much power or special prosecutors, special prosecutors have so much power over grand jurors that they could get them to indict a ham sandwich. Yeah. So with the Franklin- I've indicted a few of those. <laughs> <laughs> with the Franklin scandal, that those two grand juries in uh, Nebraska said that not a single child had been abused. Yeah. And uh, I read the, the the article you sent as far as like, and then this is gross detail, but one of the one of the reasons they were able to discount the children who said they were molested by Epstein was one of them said he used a purple vibrator and another one said he used a white vibrator. So they were like, well, these two are lying. What? Yeah. I mean, like he's just a one vibrator. Something well, like that. They only, oh, yeah. they only called one of the victims. Okay. One of the underage victims. And it was obvious that that was a cover up job. Yeah. And it's really a shame that most Americans, because when you think of a grand jury, you think the gods of jurisprudence have spoken, but that's not the case at all. It's just a, a special prosecutor that's been chosen to show grand jurors what he thinks is compelling evidence. Yeah. And that's where a lot of cover up state places is we're... in grand juries. And then yes, everything yeah. is sealed in a grand jury. And what happened with me is I was able to get everything. I was able to get the sealed testimony and I was able to get the sealed exhibits from one of the corrupt grand juries in Nebraska, which at that point I, I was able to write the book and like I had a list of 60 victims. So it was up to me to find the victims. And that was tough because a lot of those kids and you see with Epstein too, you see with a lot of uh, pedophile networks, a lot of the kids come from lower socioeconomic backgrounds mm -hmm. and dysfunctional families, and that makes them ripe for uh, predators. Um, in this case, with, with the uh, Franklin scandal, Lawrence King, and also Craig Spence, mm -hmm. and with Epstein, Jeffrey Epstein, and all the predators that were around him. So it, finding them was very, very difficult because a, they, a lot of them had just dropped off the, you know, the plan uh, just dropped off the planet mm -hmm. because these kids were from really dysfunctional backgrounds, poor backgrounds, and they were given money and repeatedly molested. And then once they lost their youthful marketability, they were expunged by the network and they went on to become criminals to support. They were all drug addicts. Yeah. Or most of them were drug addicts. So they became criminals and then they ended up in prison. So, it was very difficult to find a lot. A lot of them never really used their social security number. So, yeah. um, and I found them in projects. I, I found one in a homeless shelter. I found one in a prison. I mean, they were, they were difficult. Yeah. To find. Messed up. Yeah, yeah. What What are they? How like, are they like excited to talk to you? Or are they just kind of like, who are you? Or like, how did you get to like have them actually talk to you about this stuff? Well, it's, you've got to be patient and you've got to be compassionate. 
I mean, I was very compassionate to all the victims that I met um, because of what they've been through. And it's a matter of trust. I mean, you've got to build up trust with them. Sometimes the trust comes immediately and sometimes the trust, it takes a while to build up the trust. But you, once you can, once you build trust with them, they will, you know, tell you about the, the worst horrors of, yeah. of, of their life. Their so life. let's, let's get a, what, let's, what happened with the Franklin scandal? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So with the Franklin scandal, um, it was a, it was a large interstate pedophile network that was, um, that flew kids from coast to coast, but a lot of the, and I also got flight receipts, like 200 flight receipts. A lot of the planes that they rented, um, or chartered went to Washington, DC and in Washington, DC, there was a lobbyist power broker named Craig Spence. And he, his house, he was a CI asset and his house was wired for audiovisual blackmail. I get into his reality pretty heavily in Confessions of a DC Madam. And I also get into it in the Franklin scandal, but a little more in Confessions of a DC Madam. Well, so, Guardian, do you have to, does his mic have to move up a little bit towards him? Tiny bit. I just, yeah, just, you can slide this thing down. Let me see. Move it that worked okay right. so these pedophile parties would happen at craig spence's uh mansion in the calorama section of washington dc and it would be like a pretty much a straight political party initially um there, where there would be it, uh, washington dc literati and glitterati and power brokers and politicians Clarence Thomas. they would attend this these parties but then like maybe at 10 o'clock or something someone would fire up a joint or something sexually inappropriate would happen mm. and they'd and these people have been plied with alcohol so if someone wanted to stick around for the after party oh. then they would be compromised so you see like the level of grease a person could handle like yes. the girls would oh, come they, out they would get me bust out a line yeah. i'd be hammered doing yeah, they'd get me. <laughs> you don't want to say that. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm truth. I only deal in truth. So <laughs> they'd get me, dude. So didn't it go all the way back to like to the start of the Franklin scandal stuff? It went back to Vietnam, supposedly. Well, uh, that was King like the and the two primary pimps, uh, mm. Lawrence King and Craig Spence. King during Vietnam. King was in um, Thailand with a security clearance, a top security clearance. And Craig Spence was in Vietnam as a reporter for ABC. Mm -hmm. So they were both in Thailand at the same time. I'm surmising that, and this is just my surmise, I'm surmising that both of them were molesting kids in Southeast Asia. Mm -hmm. And then ultimately the dark corner of intelligence that does this type of stuff got a hold of them and said, you know, you can either do time or you can work for us. Yeah. Because when both came back to the United States of America, I mean, they, they were both from uh, working class families and all of a sudden their careers just went exponentially uh, hmm. high. So I'm, I'm thinking that that was probably the deal that they made while they were in Southeast Asia. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. And it's, it's the Franklin scandal because, Larry King was in he Lawrence was e. King Omaha owned a uh, well, he was the general manager of the Franklin Credit Union. Yeah. And he was it was like his personal ATM it, when it's kind of interesting. The feds, you're supposed to be uh, audited every year if you're if you run a 
credit union, but he hadn't been audited in four years. So shortly after George Herbert Walker Bush won the presidency, um, the Franklin Credit Union was raided by IRS and FBI. And, um, and there was $40 million missing. So, yes. so, but basically that credit union was a cash machine for Lawrence King, but it was also a front for this interstate pedophile network that they, that they ran together. And he was definitely pimping. Absolutely. Both he and Craig Spence were pimping. And, ABC uh, reporter? Yes. Craig Spence was the guy who went to Washington, D.C. Oh, shit. So, so, yeah. He was the one who was having the having the parties. Oh, so that was the guy who was hosting the Yeah, functions. I mean, the parties were all over, but oh. but, but Spence's, uh, the in, intelligence, like I said, the dark gotcha. corner of intelligence that does this type of stuff had installed the cameras, um, the hidden cameras. And Epstein, now this is kind of interesting, Maria Farmer, who worked for Epstein, said that Epstein showed her the secret room where men, as in plural, were monitoring all these uh, monitors and that all the bedrooms and all the bathrooms uh, had hidden cameras. So that setup was very much like the setup in Craig Spence's house, where both uh, places were wired for audio vision. Yeah, now. so Craig Spence was the Epstein of this particular yes, story. Yes, yes. Oh, I got you. He was the party boy. He was yeah. the party boy. Cool yeah. guy. He was a cool guy. He was a cool guy, dude. He was a cool guy at the operation. He was. Uh, he uh, Craig Spence was the Prince of Darkness. Yeah. Was he? he was he in Satanism too? I do not know. Well, I mean, I guess kind of. Yeah. Um, I do not know, but uh, nothing. He's a good but, Christian. <laughs> that guy was a, a pure psychopath, so nothing that he would do would surprise me. He was a pedophile, a psychopath, a drug addict. Um, Jesus. And he was. I mean, the cream of the crop in Washington, D.C. politics would go to his parties. And um, isn't that strange? Yeah. Isn't that kind of weird? The same thing with uh, who was it when Gates had to go to Epstein for like funding or whatever? It's always strange. Like, well, you know, the thing about Gates and Epstein is yeah. um, there's an article from the Evening Standard, the cover story. There's there's so many problems with the Epstein cover story, but there's an article from the Evening Standard from the UK that says that uh, Spence or uh, Epstein and Gates were doing business in the 90s, that their relationship went back to the 90s. Really? So, um, mm. so if that's true, everything that we've been sold about Gates and Epstein is is all bullshit, which, yeah. which wouldn't surprise me yeah. at all. Because with Epstein... The media has just been into digging up salacious dirt. Uh, they they haven't been screaming. the The Epstein article that I wrote, which no major magazine would touch, um, you know, called for justice. I, all these kids were molested. We need justice, mm -hmm. and um, but that doesn't seem to be a priority. And the Franklin Network was much bigger than Spence's network. The Franklin Network, um, I think, was. Uh, was around for about 12 years and Epstein's network was around for about 25 years. Um, but the Franklin network was bigger and I thought it was a kinder, gentler pedophile network initially, but then I came to, I've come to believe that, um, because the Franklin network, a lot of those kids were pandered to sadistic pedophiles and, uh, there was a lot of pornography made child pornography and i think the same thing was happening with epstein oh you're saying that you thought the epstein one was quote unquote gentler 
Yes. And, oh, okay. uh, but now that I've gotten to know the Epstein network pretty well, yeah. um, Epstein was pandering girls under the age of 10, um, two eight-year-olds that I'm aware of, but oh, I'm, sure that, I'm sure that there were more. And he was also pandering these girls to really sadistic pedophiles. Or some of the uh, clients were very sadistic pedophiles. Yeah, because didn't his first case get sealed in the same... Was that sealed in a grand jury as well? Yeah, that was the one in Florida. Yeah, that was the one. Epstein was like, and he correct, got in trouble. I could be wrong here, but it was like, it was going to be tried like a regular trial. And then uh, Rich, Rich, what's the guy's name? He came in and said, no, let's make it a grand jury. So it was sealed. Well, that Something was like uh, that. that was Barry Kirshner, the state. What happened there was the uh, a 14-year-old girl um, went to the Palm Beach Police Department with her parents. And she said that she'd been molested by Jeffrey Epstein. And the Palm Beach, and she described Epstein, she described his house, she described his anatomy. And mm -hmm. the Palm Beach Police Department started a year-long investigation into Epstein at that point. And what happened after that year investigation is that they felt like he could, well, they had statements from, um, from five victims, and then they had 12 corroborating statements. Yeah. So they were immediately going to arraign him on five counts of child abuse. But then that case got taken away by uh, Barry Kushner uh, in the state of Florida. And then there was a grand jury, which is very strange because usually grand juries in Florida are reserved for capital cases. Mm -hmm. So, and then that grand jury found that Jeffrey Epstein hadn't molested a single child. And only one of, and, and here's the thing with that. The Palm Beach Police Department had the statements of five underage victims, but they were aware of 17 more. So there were 20, the Palm Beach Police Department was aware of 23 underage victims. And that prosecutor only called one. So it's very, and it's very obvious to me that um, that was a cover up. Jeez. And then the matter was sealed. But didn't he have a sex offense on, under his belt after that or something? Well, here's what happened. So when that grand jury came back and said that Jeffrey Epstein hadn't molested a single child, Michael Ryder, who is one of the heroes in this story, he was the uh, chief of the Palm Beach Police Department. He got very vociferous. He raised cane. He said, you know, and he went to the uh, the feds and they said, you know, this is obvious malfeasance by this grand jury and you've got to do something about it. So the feds were going to get into it. They were going to arrest Jeffrey Epstein while well, they were talking that there was going to be a grand jury. And then all of a sudden the grand jury was adjourned and there was this really unctuous deal made. And, and I've got the emails between the assistant U.S. attorney and one of Epstein's attorneys, Jay Lefkowitz. And. Emery Villafana was the uh, the assistant U.S. attorney, and they're talking about how they can minimize Epstein's sentence. And then one of the the, the emails says, uh, "Well, and the deal that they made was so corrupt um, that they had to go to a, a special magistrate to sign off on it." And basically, what that deal did is it exonerated everyone. It exonerated the procurers. It exonerated the perpetrators. Jeffrey Epstein had to plead guilty to a, a single count of child abuse. Um, he was sentenced to 18 months in a county jail. He did 13, and he had his little wing of the, the jail decked out like the Taj Mahal. So, and he was, and he didn't, he could go out during the day. So he was molesting girls during the day while he was, um, you know, supposedly doing no. He was doing, doing like nights there? Yeah, weekends. he only had to spend nights. What? There. What? Yeah. 
Also, and this is this was 2008. He got in, he got arrested. Techn- I mean, he did serve time technically in 2008 for what, like 13 of the 18 months. Something yeah, like he that. he did 13. But here's the deal but then with he that. He kept hanging out with all these people. But here's the yeah, deal with saying. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. BG okay. was hanging out with them after Bill that. Bill Gates yeah. was still chilling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the the feds had a list of 32 Epstein victims. Thirty-two, and they did nothing with with any of that. And and according to Alexander Acosta, who is the U.S. attorney at in in the Southern District of Florida, he was told to back away from Epstein because Epstein was quote unquote intelligence. So and to the kind of power that is required to get a U.S. attorney to stand down can be done by two people. It can be done by the attorney general. It can be done by the president. Damn. So that's how high the strings were pulled. Same with Franklin. Uh, the strings were pulled at the very apex of power. Jesus, man. That's terrifying. <laughs> That's fucking terrifying. It, 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 doesn't, it doesn't speak well of our society. Yeah, I want to see you on Good Morning America. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it's, I don't know, isn't it just, it's clearly, it's, he just clearly, they're just clearly intelligence. Like there's no real debate here anymore, right? Um. Well, it's kind of interesting. How else Good could point. this be done? New York Magazine uh, conscripted six "quote unquote" experts on Epstein, and I was one of them. Mm. And um, and I cut my teeth with Epstein in 2012, and I acquired his black book in 2012. And I mm. tried to sell an article about his black book, and nobody uh, in the mainstream media wanted to touch it. Finally, Gawker. Was they touched it, and then we put his black book up on the internet along with a bunch of uh, his with what, all the names and what stuff. Was, in yeah, what was yeah. in the black book? Um, the names of, I mean, the, the names went to Mount Olympus. Yeah, in the black book, he had like twenty-two contact numbers for Clinton and seventeen contact numbers for. Uh, why? Why would they keep a book? I don't, I don't understand why they would keep a record of that. Probably so you don't get killed in prison. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, people like that are very arrogant, and they think that they can get away with True, everything. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they they've had Jeffrey Epstein had been trafficking children probably since nineteen ninety five, and 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 actually he was re- the first time he was reported was 1996 to the Jesus. FBI and nothing happened so he thought that he could could do anything he wanted yeah, yeah. and the one thing that was interesting the guy who got the black book who who took it out of there who took it out of Epstein's possession didn't he, i think he got 18 months in jail he got the same crime punishment as Epstein did for moving the book, for except he had to go to a, ex- except he had to go to a real prison, a federal yeah, prison. federal prison. What? It's the Alfred- guy who stole the black book. Yeah, and Alfred- yeah I'll let him tell it. <laughs> Alfredo Rodriguez purloined. He was Epstein's house manager and purloined the book, and um, it ultimately. Uh, and then he tried to sell it to a lawyer that was launching civil suits at Epstein because he was representing these underage victims, and. It's pretty interesting. So uh, Alfredo Rodriguez approached the lawyer. The lawyer went to the FBI. The FBI did a sting and got the black book. And then that's kind of how I got the black book. Um, can't really give sure. up the source. But um, but Alfredo Rodriguez circled the names of people that he felt were part of Epstein's uh, network. And there's a lot of names that are circled. And... Um, and it's kind of interesting. Virginia Guffrey, who was one of Epstein's victims, has named a number of the same people uh, in 
her oh, lawsuit really? documentation. Who were yeah. some of those people? If you, um, if you she named Ahud Barak, uh, Alan Dershowitz, and both of them are circled. Um, uh, Prince Prince Henry, right? Prince Andrew. Andrew. I, I, he's got multiple oh, yeah. contacts, but I don't think his name was circled. Um, uh, let me see. Uh, a couple of former mayor or governors of New Mexico, uh, Bruce King and B Bill Richardson were circled. And the thing about Richardson, he was also Clinton's uh, energy czar. So, um, and, and then a number of big time fans, financiers were circled too. So it was like with the Franklin scandal, it was the cream of the crop mm. of, uh, of our society. Jesus. Unfortunately, the upper crust is a bunch of dough held together by crumbs. Yeah. <laughs> or a bunch of crumbs held together by yeah, dough. Yeah. I got that one. So, and so, and the, there's a link been, I guess so, the link's been made between the CIA or like, does anyone even know what they do besides like doing like sex traps? Like what else is, uh, why is that, why are they doing that? I mean, obviously to like trap people up, but like. Power. Yeah. It's, it's all about power. Yeah. And the CIA served with a mandate when it was originally, when um, Harry Truman originally started the CIA. It was, it was a precarious time. Joseph Stalin had the hydrogen bomb. Mm. And Joseph Stalin was someone who had zero appreciation of uh, humanity. Um, so, but what happened there was the CIA started started its own funding mechanisms and th and then also uh the honey traps because they felt it was too important that fighting communism was too important to be left to politicians so that's where this really dark part of the cia comes in yeah. is um th the uh various types of schemes to make money and then and then also the the honey traps yeah, did you talk about William Colby at all? In the Franklin scandal, I do talk about William Colby. Yeah. Who's William Colby? He, he was, was director, I think. He was the uh, former director of the CIA, and actually, there was uh, in, in the church hearing there was uh, there was a senator named Frank Church in 1977 who wanted to blow the lid open on a lot of the CIA's nefarious activities, and and he did a lot, um, and. There were two, William Colby was called and uh, Dick Helms was called, Richard Helms. Uh, Richard Helms was the then um, director of the CIA and, and Colby had been the, uh, the former director of the CIA. And Colby really showed people how nefarious the CIA was, some of, its, some of the stuff that it was doing, um, but Helms kept his mouth shut. And what's interesting with Colby is he was actually conscripted. The Franklin Committee, what happened uh, when that uh, when Lawrence King was busted embezzling $40 million and wasn't charged with a single count of child abuse, um, there was a Franklin Committee that formed that was part of, uh, it was the Nebraska Senate, it was a subcommittee of the Nebraska Senate. And they had a very good investigator, his name was Gary Caridori. And a lot of the evidence that I have comes from Gary Caridori, like the list of the 60 victims that I had, mm. that, that came from Gary Caridori. Um, the flight receipts that I got, that came from Gary Caridori. Um, all this was put into a uh, grand jury and sealed, but a lot of the, he, he was an amazing investigator. And his plane, um, 
what happened, he was, the FBI was hunting for him. I mean, here was the hunter became the prey because um, he was finding victims and he was finding all kinds of stuff that was that was corroborating these kids. And these kids were coming forward and being videotaped. And if the dominoes had started to fall in Nebraska, they would have fallen all the way to Washington, D.C. So it had to be covered up at all costs. And Gary Caradori realized that the, the FBI was trying to put him away um, for scripting what these kids were saying. I mean, it was, uh, you know, none of the kids said that, but the FBI was, I mean, what the FBI did in Nebraska was very, very nefarious. Um, threatening perpetrators, threatening um, victims. Um, so what, what Caradori realized that he needed blackmail pictures, that 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 was going to be absolute proof what was going on. And he got a hold of a blackmail photographer named Rusty Nelson. And they met in Chicago. And I've got five corroborations on this that Rusty gave him pictures in Chicago. And Gary was flying, Gary Caradori was flying back to uh, Nebraska and his plane blew up in, in midair. And um, and then that was pretty much, well, and then the grand juries came out, you know, shortly thereafter and said that there was no child abuse. And there's that Chinese proverb, kill one man, silence a thousand. Well, with this case, it was kill one man and his son and, and silence, you know, 10,000 because uh, nobody was willing to come forward after that, especially after the, uh, the, the state and the feds had said that there was no child abuse. But the Franklin subcommittee hired William Colby to look into the death of Gary Caradori. And he didn't say that Gary Caradori had been assassinated publicly, but he did tell people that were affiliated with the committee that Gary Caradori had definitely been assassinated. Damn. So... And, and there were a lot of other suspicious deaths in the Franklin scandal. I mean, every chapter there's a, mm. there's a strange death or two, uh, yeah. uh, pseudo suicides and things like that. Yeah. yeah, Jesus Christ, man, that's nuts. And the rusty guy—that's the guy you were driving with and got pulled over with. Yes, I was. Um, I myself was looking for blackmail pictures, and <laughs> um, which. I don't know if that was very prudent, but uh, but I was. And Rusty said that he had some. Now, Rusty is a guy that he, he takes blackmail pictures of adults and children engaged in how do you, sexual How do you get into that? Um, I guess. Yeah, yeah, how do you get into that? Water rises to its own level, I guess. I mean, True, it's yeah. like. Yeah, yeah. So um, I. I. I, I, relationship would be too strong, but I forged uh, kind of an alliance with Rusty because he was having a lot of problems with legal problems. And I said that I would help pay for his legal bills. All he had to do was provide me with um, blackmail pictures, which he said he had. So he took me on a wild goose chase mm. to get blackmail pictures and um, we didn't get any. And then I was driving him home on this desolate highway and we got pulled over and and I, I started the Franklin scandal out with this is um, the cops, <laughs> you know, I show the cops my uh, ID and he doesn't even look at it. He says, get out of the car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then he deposits me in his car. And then, um, 
and then he runs me through and I'm clean, but then he runs Nelson, Rusty Nelson through. And then there's a lot of numbers after him. Yeah. And I'm sure that they weren't nice numbers. So um, they take Rusty out and then they rip a car, rip apart the car that I rented. And um, all they found was my ginseng route. So um, that was, that was about it. But Rusty was, gave me a lot of insight. I would never use Rusty as a sole source, mm -hmm. but Rusty gave me a lot of insight. Cause I, you know, one day I asked him, you know, how does, how does this work? And um, he said, it's like you're on a yacht and it's a beautiful day and you can have anything you want on this yacht. Um, but if you decide to get off the yacht, the people on the yacht are going to make sure that you drown. So once you are compromised, there's zero motivation to come forward. Mm. And it's very interesting. Um, I wrote about, in, in Confessions of a DC Madam, I picked out some politicians who had been obviously compromised. One was Larry Craig. And Larry Craig was a very conservative uh, representative and then senator. And he was in Washington, D.C. for 25 years. And he had the worst record of voting against gay rights, I believe, in the Senate, if not the worst, certainly up there. But uh, he was getting gay escorts from Henry Vincent, who ran an escort service. Henry was the guy who I wrote the book with, um, Confessions of a D.C. Madam. So Craig was getting escorts from Henry, and then he was getting escorts from elsewhere because uh, Kirby Dick's film um outrage talks about craig getting escorts elsewhere and then craig was busted in an airport bathroom in minneapolis trying to pick up uh a vice god a vice squad cop so here's a u.s senator Damn. here's a Damn. u.s senator trying to pick up someone in a bathroom i mean a U.S. So how hard would it be to compromise that guy yeah, true. i mean a kid doing an after school you know, project with a smartphone could compromise yeah. Larry Craig. So, so wait, he was in an airport? Easily. He, he was in an airport. Was flight kit delayed? He was like, you know what? <laughs> you know, it was, it's kind of interesting. The old, foot tap. We, the old foot tap in the back. Yeah, it was the foot tap because I was, I'm from Minneapolis and uh -huh. I've been to that airport innumerable times and I was uh, going to the bathroom once in one of the stalls and somebody next to me was slapping his foot on the ground and I was thinking to myself, Poor guy, he's got to have like a neurological disorder or something. <laughs> so you uh, wanted to play, yeah. He saw your shoes. Now, an interesting guy is <laughs> no, uh, fair game. I would have been pissed. <laughs> and this is kind of interesting. Dennis Hastert had a uh, he was the uh, speaker of the house for seven years, um, from I believe 1999 to 2006, and he was a strong arm specialist. But he had, he was a pedophile. He had been molesting kids going back four years. And there was a whistleblower named Sabelle Edmonds who talked about Hastert because the F FBI knew about Hastert going to a, a house of ill repute while he was Speaker of the House uh, a town in, in Chicago. So, um, so the FBI knew that Hastert was a pedophile, or chances are they knew that he was a pedophile. And for some inexplicable reason, they took him down. I don't know why the feds took him down and he had to do some time. Um, the only thing that I can think of is he was getting too greedy and he was told to back off because he, he had a lobbying business that just exploded exponentially, especially with uh, Turkey. So we don't really know the exact 
mechanisms of what he did to be taken down, but it was very strange, that whole thing. Uh, but, and then everything was sealed and there was gag orders. So we, I was, cause I was really looking very hard into Hanster, but uh, I, I just couldn't get any information at that point. Yeah. I mean, I could see the thing you're saying about the guys getting on to like the special crews. If you're like a rising star politically, you're probably feeling pretty good. You're like, I'm the man, I'm making money now, you know, all this stuff. And then someone's like, Hey, come hang with the big boys. Might you smoke a joint with him? You're like, Oh, yeah. Like a girl comes out and like, yeah, by the way, she was uh, 15. Yeah, you get down and they're like, yeah, she was 16. Yeah. It's like, we own you now. Damn. Yeah. I mean, and that, it's that easy. Don't. Yeah. And and when you think about yeah. like our politicians, they've got a potent psychological alchemy of, of power, lust and arrogance. And, yeah. and nothing makes people stupid like arrogance and lust. Yeah. I mean. Really smart people do unbelievably stupid things funny to me. because of arrogance and lust. So, arrogance and lust. Yeah, it's yeah, nuts. And, and if you if you don't play ball, they can probably just block you out altogether anyway. If you're like, no, nah, that stuff's not for me. They're like, right, yeah, well, I this guy's going to lose. Fuck him. Yeah. But I've been in this realm for 20 years now. Mm -hmm. And what Americans don't understand is that many of our politicians are compromised. Mm-hmm. And take Epstein, for for an instance. Um, with Epstein, he was blackmailing some of the most powerful men in the world. Um, he had hidden cameras. When the Palm Beach Police Department searched his home in Palm Beach, he had, they found hidden cameras. He had hidden cameras in um, his New York residence that Maria Farmer talked about were multiple men were looking at the monitors and then and his island was also wired for audiovisual blackmail so Jeez. it's so he was blackmailing people and what what people don't understand is a guy like jeffrey epstein a guy who is he's from a blue collar family in coney island he's a, a college dropout a guy like that cannot blackmail some of the most powerful men in the world because they have access. A lot of them have access to thugs and organized crime. Like Les Wexner is heavily enmeshed in organized crime. Who's that? He was the, the billionaire. He owned Victoria's Secret. He was the billionaire that gave Jeffrey Epstein millions. Of oh, dollars. right, right, right. Yeah. And if Epstein was in yeah, fact, he black, owned Victoria's Secret and he still had to go to the pedophile parties. It's, uh, it's like, bro, you have it. I mean, your well, store, he, just the mannequins alone, that's enough for me. Yeah, like, Let me in the mall at night. Yeah, just the mannequins alone. <laughs> I mean, he's a he's an old, frightening, scary-looking dude. What? I mean, if I, if I was a young woman and he showed up, I mean, I'd, I'd split. But anyway, yeah. so there's no way that Epstein could have been blackmailing these people by himself. Right. There was obviously a large organization behind him that said to these people that were blackmailed, and, and, and Spence had the same thing with the Franklin scandal. If you come after this guy, there's going to be huge retribution. And that's what kept, I believe, Jeffrey Epstein. Alive. How many how many, how many many types of those organizations do you think are running? Because, I mean, they caught Epstein. Yeah. But how many of those do you think? Like, I mean, it has to be a pretty consistent. Yes. I, I think that networks like that are ubiquitous in the United States of America. Um, I, because of the writing that I've done the last 20 years, a lot of people have talked to me about these networks um, and they want me to investigate them. And I'm, I'm only one guy. Yeah. So, it, you know, I, I, I tell them, you know, I, I don't know if I can really help because 
you can tell when you see um, when you see major uh, judicial malfeasance. Mm. Um, that can be an indication that there's an, a network there. Oh yeah, and it was. Uh, so yeah, what I was talking to earlier, the like in central Pennsylvania, there was the Penn State, the yes, Jerry Sandusky right. thing. There was a, I think, a district attorney that was looking into the case years before, and he <laughs> vanished. Yes, I mean, he there's was. Some, yeah, he, he was found. Uh, he vanished. His car was found um, by, I think, a lake. The river. river I think the river. Susquehanna yeah. river. and. Um, I did talk to a prosecutor under him, and she believed that Jerry Sandusky was part of a pedophile network. She she really believed that, and she, and she believed that 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 prosecutor had also been murdered. Too. It sounded like, Jesus. yeah, I mean, it sounded like it because it was from the Second Mile Foundation, which was a lot like Boys Town. Yes, it was for troubled kids. Yeah, Jerry Sandusky was doing this, but then like, this is a weird story. I was at the day. The first game Joe Paterno didn't coach. Mm -hmm. So it was the week after that story broke. You went to that game? I went to that game. I was pretty excited about it. But we were supposed to go. I went to a second mile dinner. What? A dude that was high up at Merrill Lynch, I think. Uh -huh. Or one of those. Goldman Sachs. Yeah. We went to his house. He was a Penn State alumni. I don't want to besmirch him because he might not have been a pedophile. Oh, yeah, yeah. But it was supposed to be a second mile dinner with like Joe Paterno, Sandusky, like all these guys. What? And then I was walking around his giant mansion. It's just a picture of him with every single president. All these things. Really? I don't know. It's just like you can see the political power these dudes have. Yeah. They have that power. And then the, the one guy who's friends with all them is doing exactly what they were doing in the Franklin scandal, which is getting kids out of a orphanage type situation and banging them. He was a lower socioeconomic. Give them the work. Yeah. <laughs> Predators, I mean, predators know how to pray. A district attorney just vanished. Was it a district attorney? Who yeah, I, I can't think of his name, but yes, they found uh, his laptop and the hard drive was taken out of it. I mean, dude, like it was like yeah, yeah. that was uh, that. There was an, there's indications that that was a network, um, but I was I, and I pursued that for quite some time. But and I was I got pretty close to somebody who could help corroborate it but i just i couldn't nail it so um hmm. um and and that's the thing investigations like this like the the franklin scandal it, it took seven years to investigate that and i've been investigating epstein since 2012 i'm, I'm ready to write a really good book on epstein i'm finishing up one book and mm -hmm. i'd like to write because no, uh, so many keep of the, that quiet till it's out so <laughs> many of the so many of the books on <laughs> epstein have been um Epstein light, like filthy rich on Netflix. Yeah. That, that Netflix show was yeah, like terrible. I turned it off. Was it really? I didn't even watch dude, it. They don't yeah. even come close. It really? Just, they yeah. do the same thing with Sandusky where they're like, yeah, it was just one guy. We got him. It's like, no, yeah. what are you talking about? Yeah, I never thought about the grand jury thing before. That is kind of an indicator. You'd be like, well, let's do like a special yeah. trial for this guy. It's like, yeah, I never, I didn't even know what those things were, to be honest. I thought yeah, that was like, oh, you're in trouble. Yeah, Americans have no idea about grand juries yeah. and, and how easy they are to uh, to corrupt. So it's unfortunate that so many Americans are unaware of so many things. Yeah, <laughs> about their judiciary. But it's Find also no it's like the same reason people don't weren't taking your articles. It's like people don't want to like they don't want to know. Yeah. Yeah. Like if I told this to my dad, he'd be like, "What? Yeah, shut up!" <laughs> like he'd be like, yeah. "I don't, I don't want to even think about this." Yeah, or like there's creeps, like there's creeps out there. Yeah, but. 
my uh, there's only one member of my family that reads anything I write. <laughs> so um, yes, yeah, people don't want. I mean, but if you want to be an ostrich and stick your head in the sand, I mean, the evil is only going to get larger and larger and yeah. larger. I mean, and and that's the problem. As I said earlier, a huge problem has been the media. The mm. media was into digging up salacious dirt, and that was that was it. No one called for um, any kind of justice. The New York Times did an article that named six procurers, aka pimps, and the only one that's been indicted is is Maxwell. Yeah. So there, and if this was if if Epstein was an actual trial, if if there was jurisprudence that was that wasn't corrupted those uh th those procurers and we know more than six but you could start with those six those six procurers would be indicted on multiple counts of child trafficking a count of child trafficking uh goes is anywhere from 15 years to life mm -hmm. so you could rack up they could all be looking at a thousand years or whatever and then you'd get them to flip on the perps. I mean, that's how the mafia was taken down. Yeah. You get the lower people on the lower echelon to flip on the higher echelon and reduce their sentences. But there's been none of that. Ghislaine yeah. Maxwell is, and and the Ghislaine Maxwell trial was such a travesty of justice. Um, the the girls or women now who really knew a lot about the network and who were molested by some very powerful people none of them were called it was just uh the only people the only victims that were called and i think it was only four were molested by just epstein and uh and maxwell has maxwell been sentenced to anything yet no she has not been sentenced and there's that judicial problem of one of the uh jurors um saying that he'd been molested and maxwell i don't, I don't know how that's yeah. winning right now but the whole thing everything about Epstein, there's nothing rational about it. Nothing makes sense. Mm. Um, laws of the land have just been thrown in the toilet. And how flushed. did uh, how did you feel when they well when he committed suicide allegedly? Did you know that was coming or because th it seemed like everyone was like they're going to kill him, and then one day the cameras didn't work and the guards took a break. Well, the guards took a break. The cameras didn't work. I um, I mean, it's sorry when you fix the cameras. <laughs> damn the cameras bro oh, damn it it's certainly very suspicious yeah I, 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 mean, I don't think there's ever been more of a clear somebody killed him case yeah i mean there was a guy in prison that the whole world was saying they're gonna kill him oh, and yeah. then one day i mean they knew the guards knew this guy's a risk and then one day the, the again the cameras didn't work and the guards were taking a walk yeah i mean there, there's there's a lot of anomalies the uh uh, his cellmate was taken out of the cell. Um, I didn't even know he had a cellmate. Yeah, he had a cellmate. What? And, the guy and, got taken out of the cell and then he... Yeah. <laughs> it's so, crazy. Uh, that must have been crazy. I'm like, what are you in here for? Like, yeah. Well, if you watch well, actually, his Bill cellmate had been a... <laughs> his cellmate had been a multiple murderer at one point. What? A, a former police officer. And Whoa. they took him out. And, um, and what's kind of interesting, William Barr, our illustrious attorney general who helped... Now, this is kind of interesting, and this is where Franklin and Epstein connect. William Barr helped was Bush one's attorney general after mm. Richard Thornburg ran for the Senate. Um, and he, Barr helped cover up Franklin, the Franklin scandal. And then Barr played an integral role in covering up the Epstein scandal. Damn. And, and Barr said Damn. when Epstein... Um, 
kill himself. Heads are going to roll and uh, uh, no heads rolled. And yeah. actually the warden um, of that particular, the uh, uh, Metropolitan Correctional Facility in, in New York, she was given a, a cushy job in, in New Jersey that, you know, she was what? Yeah, I mean, so Thornburg, by the way, wasn't he Harrisburg's governor? Hey, hey, Thornburg, Thornburg was Pennsylvania. Hey, that second Pennsylvania. Yeah. Really? What about, Randell? what about Ed Randell? What about Ed Randell? Um, he hasn't come up, but uh, Thornburg definitely helped nice. cover up uh, the Franklin scandal. Thornburg and then, helped and, that. Yeah, see, and, and then Barr. And what? Then, and 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 then Barr. Yeah. Oh God. Thornburg is. Uh, I believe that Thornburg is is a pretty dirty politician. Yeah. Nice. Uh, oh no. What is the guy whose house I was at? I was. Oh, is that what? Nothing. It's <laughs> getting too close. Now I'm part of the <laughs> part of the. Call. I know I'm part of the thing now. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, the guy funny. I was. The reason I was there was the guy I was with was he worked with Thornburg. What? And we were at a second mile. Dude, see, this is what happens when I read the when I listen to this. You start, get, I start. Yeah. I'm like, oh no, yeah, you get it's it's unsettling. It's, yeah. It is weird though because when you do boil it down to like you, know, you think about it, like little kids, it's it's just heartbreaking. But it's been politicized. The issue of sex trafficking, I would say, is kind of pursued more by people who lean to the right politically for some reason. Well, actually, there's uh, the feminist left and the religious right. Are equally against sex trafficking, yeah, and yeah. It, it, they're strange, uh, for lack of a better word, bedfellows. Mm -hmm. But um, I've been very disappointed by the anti-trafficking community because um, they have not been vociferous at all about what's happened with Epstein. We know who a lot of the perps are. We know who a lot of the procurers are. There should be a lot of people in prison right now. Yeah, but um, and and it's really. Heartbreaking for me. I, I've spoke. The National Center on Sexual Exploitation has like an anti-trafficking summit, and I've spoken there at the last couple of years, and I've seen them do very little to um, to get this issue out. I and a lot of most of the tra anti-trafficking organizations, um, unfortunately, have not been vociferous about this issue at all. Yes, yeah, so and it's 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 heartbreaking to me because. When the government doesn't work and when the media doesn't work, you know, you've got a lot of anti-trafficking organizations. Mm -hmm. They should band together. I mean, either you're if you're against child trafficking, you're categorically against child trafficking. Yeah. And, and, and here is an obvious case of child trafficking being covered up. And none of these organizations are, are getting, uh, you know, making any noise about it, which which is very difficult for me because I know some of the people involved in these organizations and i just expected more from them it, it was uh troubling yeah what is so with the media in general how do you how do you think like how much of this stuff do you think they know and cover up or how much does this stuff just not come across their like desk or like have they had have, have they had any like specific roles and like kind of it's hard to say um i will say this that i do believe that a lot of people in the media are compromised yeah and I, I think people very high in the media. Um, and I don't know if this is true anymore, but, uh, but it would be close. Six corporations own 90% yeah. of the media that's imbibed by Americans. And I got to hand it to is the CIA or intelligence or whatever you want to call it. I mean, they don't compromise people at the I mean, they go right up to the top when they, when they yeah. compromise somebody. So... I don't know exactly uh, 
I've got some suspicions about who's compromised and who's not. Um, But I don't know exactly. But I will say this, that um, (laughs) the way that the media reacted to this with uh, just, as I said earlier, just kicking out salacious dirt, it just was, uh, it was, it was, it was an embarrassment for me mm. as, as a journalist to see yeah. them the way that the media handled this. See, yeah, it seems like all they ever do is post a picture of Trump with Maxwell yeah, or something. Yeah. They yeah. never look into anybody who's guilty of, or not guilty, but who's been named. Yeah, by Virginia Gouffrey named a bunch of them, and and her. In a deposition, and her deposition was unsealed, and a number of the people that she named were circled by Alfredo Rodriguez in the Black Book. So there, you've got double corroboration, and um, but none of them have been arrested. I don't, I don't even know if any of them have been questioned. I mean, it's um, Prince Andrew got hit. He got like, but it's weird. It's like it seemed like he settled with people, didn't he? Didn't he settle out of court? Yeah, I think. It, I mean, I've heard twelve million, but I'm not exactly sure. So, but he, you know, that's kind I of. I think like a, I think his mommy uh, came in. His mommy came, came in. Came in. Yeah. Oh my god, man! Yeah. That's embarrassing. God, you gotta you gotta wake your mom up in the middle of the night. And be like, what? you gotta stand in the doorway. And go, mom, <laughs> mother, can, can I lay with you for a little? Mother, I'm in trouble. <laughs> Oh, what did you do, Andrew? Remember that cool island I was going Remember to? Remember I kept going to the cool parties <laughs> with the other twelve year olds. <laughs> yeah, so he got. I mean, his apology. That one interview, he came on and was just like. I'll admit, I let my flap down. That was his whole thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, he also said he down. didn't sweat too. Yeah, he yeah, didn't yeah. sweat in that interview too. I mean, it really, sh- I mean, true. it really I showed how stupid he is. Yeah. I mean, um, and I don't know. I think it might be too much royal inbreeding amongst yeah. Europeans. But uh, yeah, he, at that BBC interview, he really showed. I mean, out. it's also he's probably just so out of touch with talking oh, to yeah. any normal people. For sure. Normally, I'm I'm sure he spent his whole life saying I don't sweat. And then everyone in the room went, oh, wow, that's really interesting. <laughs> not one person ever was like, what? Well, the, the messaging is weird because they were like, I absolutely did not do that. I just apologize and let my side down. Also, here's $12 million. It's like, <laughs> so wait, yeah, what did you do, it? dude? If someone's like, you must have kids, I'm like, no, I fucking did it. Like, give us $12 bucks. I'm like, no, yeah. I didn't molest any fucking I don't kids. have it. <laughs> yeah, fucking, that's, that's just the weirdest part to me when it's like, well, I absolutely did not, but I would apologize. It wasn't mis. Has it, have any have anybody else, uh, Prince Andrew? But has any other, have any of these other people that have been named come out and talked about it or been? Because anytime I see Bill Gates, although Bill Gates was never really Bill named in those books, was he? Dude, he hung out with him he for was, the weekend. No, I know oh, he was on like the no, flight no, Bill logs. Gates wasn't. But yeah, I yeah, think yeah. that the, according, as I said earlier, the that Evening Standard article said that gates and epstein go back to the 1990s that's not great if that's true i mean i don't see how bill gates could not be compromised and bill gates has shown libidinous behavior amongst his employees so uh, really yeah and good uh, way to put it too libidinous behaviors so nerd rage predatory yes uh, nerd rage so it's it's difficult to know i mean if Epstein and Gates go back that far. I I do not see how Bill Gates could not be compromised. I, yeah, I, I, I well, he, he hung out with him. He spent a weekend at his place post indictment. Yeah, after the first indictment. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he was like, "Yeah, my bad. That was an oversight on my half. I needed money from him." Yeah, he's like, "Well, he's dead now." <laughs> I I know that was his, right. that was his thing. He said he said, "Well, yeah. he's dead now." So, yeah, I mean, it just it's hard for people to wrap their heads around, you know, because it doesn't mean like every single person in the government's corrupt. It's just. 
there are psychos that don't get stopped and you know i was there ever because i i remember after the epstein suicide wasn't there another was somebody who did the autopsy that said this was conducive with hanging or not hanging self-hanging but he there was struggle. yeah there were, there's been a number of people that have come out uh, julie brown of uh miami herald who wrote the three the series of articles that really outed epstein she's convinced that uh, epstein didn't kill himself but will there ever be an investigation there's never been any investigation with anything with epstein i mean there's you know the last time there was an investigation it was the palm beach police department in 2006 i mean that was the last time i mean the feds as I said earlier, the feds had a list of 32 victims and they, they did not indict Epstein on one single count of child abuse. Um, and it's very it's very obvious that Epstein, everything that he did had been covered up. And as I said earlier, the first known reports of Epstein, uh, of victims going to the FBI were the Farmer Sisters went to the FBI in 1996. So Jesus Epstein had been Christ. covered up all those years, Jesus which is, Christ. and like with the Franklin scandal, the Franklin scandal was a huge network. It was bigger than Epstein's, um, wasn't as, uh, was around about half as long as Epstein's, but it was much bigger than Epstein. According to federal and state authorities, not a single child had been abused, um, th th that there wasn't a network. I mean, it's and that shows you. And then with the Epstein stuff that, you know, all the stuff that went on, like the cover up in 1996 and then the feds covering it up with the, the 32 victims, it, it shows how much power had to be deployed yeah. to cover that up. And, and as I said earlier, the only people, the only two people that can tell a U.S. attorney to stand down are the attorney general and the president. So someone is as I said earlier, someone is pulling strings at the apex of power to, yeah. to cover that type of... So when, when the, whatchamacallit, when Larry Lawrence King got busted, who was president then? That was... George Herbert Walker that was, Bush. And he said he was friends with Bush, right? Yeah, he was friends with everybody. Did uh, he have... Was there things about like the White House tours and like like Bush having kids in his house or in the White House? Well, like um, Craig Spence, we talked yeah. about earlier, the sociopath that lived in Washington, D.C., mm -hmm. um, he took kids and male prostitutes on midnight tours of the White House. What? Yes. Just. And uh, that, he's getting hot dogs and pizzas to the White House. That's <laughs> yeah. from and, Chicago. And, and that oh. has been corroborated. Really? Yes. Yeah. Male prostitutes yeah. going to the White House. Yeah. That's nice. This and, is all bad. And and at least one underage. What the um, fuck? One. One. At least one. Yeah. So, just hanging there, or like, do they say like what? Like there was like night out, like you check this out, or do they imply? I, th like, I think Spence just wanted to show some people how much power he had. Jesus, and, you know, man! After after a night of partying or whatever they did, he said, yeah. "Well, I'm going to take you guys on a tour of the White House." And um, that's pretty awesome. No, yeah, like wouldn't there be like the, I guess the, like, the there, there was there was no real ramifications. Yeah, Sometimes and George H. W. is just in there just he has nightcap sawing logs. Yeah. yeah, little did he know. Uh, you know, there's a little parade. <laughs> that's <laughs> a fucked up. That's parade. so fucking crazy. And you know, the Washington Times uh, broke that story, and um, and the Washington Times also broke stories about uh, Spencer's home being wired for audiovisual blackmail.
Where what being wired? Um, Spencer's home being wired for audiovisual oh, blackmail. Okay. Gotcha. So, and unfortunately, the Washington Times is owned by Reverend Moon of of Unification Church fame. They've done some amazing reporting, but they're tainted. And then the Washington Post did everything it possibly could to cover up Spence's pedophile network. Who owns Washington Post? Uh, At that point, it was Catherine Graham. Okay. And now her son son owns the uh, Washington Post. Oh, no. What's Bezos own? I thought Bezos owned the Post. Um, He owns part of the Post. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And um, and then before that, Warren Buffett had owned part of it. Did you watch the show Succession? I did. What did you think about that in terms of like, because that's pretty much what most of the show is about, how people can just completely spin the media narrative and kind of just move politicians to their pleasure. I didn't think I was going to like it, but I, I kind of got into it. Yeah, it was a good um, show. Yeah. It, it, well, it, I mean, it just shows. Uh, I mean, and that's in a very fictitious sense. Sure. But it, But I mean, I think it, you know, all art re- reflects reality, mm. and and I think that that show really shows that the the reality of how easy it is to cover things up and mm. to get away with unbelievable malfeasance. Yeah, and how how many death threats have you received? Yeah, I, well, midway like, through this podcast, I was like, oh well, we're gonna get killed. <laughs> <laughs> we're definitely gonna get killed. <laughs> I've only had one. And uh, now I've had some very strange stuff happen to me. Um, yeah. But um, especially with my phones. Really? But, um, but I've only had one death threat. Yeah. What was the threat? Like, knock it off or like. There was. Um, so this is, it's kind of interesting. Stop being a party pooper. Um, we're having fun. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So earlier I talked about living on an Indian guru's ashram. Mm-hmm. And, and someone who lived there, uh, we, we maintained a friendship over sure. the years. And he lived in Omaha. And my first trip to Omaha, I knew that something had gone down in Omaha, but I didn't think it was, you know, big and malignant like it was. I, I didn't think like I didn't think that it was an interstate pedophile network. I didn't think that Boys Town was involved because mm-hmm. uh, Lawrence King was plundering Boys Town for underage victims. Jesus. I knew something had gone down, um, so. I went to, I originally went to Omaha very skeptical. And I told my buddy, um, Dirk, uh, you know, I said, I'm, and I, I hadn't seen him for, I hadn't, I hadn't seen him for, I don't know, four or five years. And I said, yeah, I want to go to Omaha. And he goes, well, why do you want to come to Omaha? And I said, well, I want to, I'm, I'm looking into this story. And, um, you know, he, he was a little, was a little concerned about my mental health at that point sure, yeah. <laughs> but so um i stayed in his at his apartment and um and then the nebraska state patrol started calling his apartment i did this is 2002 i didn't even have a cell phone and uh nebraska state patrol started calling his uh um leaving messages on his answering machine was this after you got pulled over with the rusty guy or before uh, this is this is long before this Whoa. is this is this, right. is this is two or three years before so um so there was a, a woman I, I was sitting dirk was coming back from his work and i was sitting watching the history channel or something like that and then oh i, I hear a knock on the door and um I go look through the hole and it's this really freaky looking woman. Ugh. And she says, I've got a book for you. And, and okay. So 
by the time this happened, I'd interviewed a, a victim. I'd interviewed Rusty Nelson. Um, I caught someone following me. Um, I was, you know, I was like, you know, Def, DEFCON 4 at this yeah. point. And um, so, and, and my buddy Dirk was, you know, he was getting, you know, kind of uptight about it too, <laughs> because <laughs> we, I mean, I'd obviously kicked the hornet's nest. And mm. so this woman said, I want to give you a book. And at this point, I did not want my fingerprints on that book and I didn't want her fingerprints in my friend's apartment. Yeah. So I said, uh, you know, please leave. And she wouldn't leave. And I said, come on, just, just leave, you know? And, and then, um, and, and then scary. I, and then I got her and then she eventually left. And then my buddy dirt came in with some groceries. We we're going to cook dinner that night. And, uh, and he goes, you know, I saw this freaky woman. And, um, I said, well, she's been, you know, I've just been talking to her for about, uh, five or ten minutes and then so uh we're dirk is making dinner and then she comes back and um and then dirk looks at her i look at her you know through the people and um i said dude we can't let her in this apartment we don't want her fingerprints in this apartment at yeah. all. we don't want our, our her finger i on on that book so what was the book did it, could you say i i didn't see it um, say cheese and die by Carl Stein. <laughs> so, <laughs> goosebumps. <laughs> it is a very spooky, dude. That's terrifying. Yeah. So, um, she decided to leave, but her parting shot was, uh, "You're in a great deal of danger. You're <gasps> going to get killed." What? And uh, now that really uh, short-circuited not only me but Dirk. Yeah. You know, Dirk realized, yeah. you know, this is real. And um, yes. so we had a very nice dinner that night, but we didn't get a lot of <laughs> that's sleep. The, that's the, that was the part of the book that I I was going to sleep, and then that story is told, and I was like, "That's that's that, very scary. That's scary." Because I know the crazy. I know the look of a crazy like you know looking through a people yeah, and seeing dude. a lady out there like Drew, yeah, like that type of. Oh. Oh. They always stand like right up against the door. <laughs> yeah, I had a crazy yeah. lady knock on my door. She, I think she was just genuinely just a crazy lady. And they like, I opened the door and her face was right there. I'm like, ah. <laughs> yeah, very scary. Well, at that point, I'd gotten very cautious. And yeah. uh, like I said, I didn't want my fingerprints or Dirk's finger. I didn't want. Mm -hmm. so, um, Good call. But yeah, in an investigation like that, you've got to kind of think about. Like before I went and got tried to get pictures with rusty um i made a video uh, of myself and i said i this is what i'm going to do you know if, if i get busted for these pictures this picture the i'm, I'm in pursuit of this story mm. um if i don't come back you know yeah, yeah i mean you know we pro obviously got the pictures so yeah. um what do you do with that do you just like put it give it to your friends like, hey. yeah i give it to my okay, I, what sense. i did is um all my interviews, I put them on CDs. I gave them to everybody, gotcha. and then all the documentation that I had, it's in three different areas. The so. scary, the scary part about it has got to be that they don't really care who knows. You know what I mean? Like the way they yeah. did with Epstein. I mean, they blew up that guy's plane. Yeah. They killed Epstein in front of the entire country. Oh yeah. Like it seems like they're really not worried about it. I think once they survive one news cycle, it's they're it's over. they're clear. It's done. Yeah. Yeah, I think with my situation. I was a freelance journalist and I think that other journalists had looked into that and they put heat on them and, and that was the okay. end of it. Mm. And uh, so they just thought that that would kind of be the end of Nick Bryant. 
And um, and I can remember I was I had I had a mentor. He, he since died. He was a journalist, and um, we, were, we were walking through Washington Square Park, and um, uh, you know I was I was looking up <laughs> at the buildings for snipers. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I I left Nebraska very freaked out. Yeah, and um, you know we sat down. And he was a, he was a mentor of mine. He was a great guy. I loved him deeply. And he goes, you know, if you don't want to pursue this, I'll still respect you. And um, and I thought about, you know, I said, you know, I, I think I have to pursue this. I mean, I know about it. I, I got to do what I can to to get it out in the world. So yeah, that was, and it's it's an undeniable fact that a ton of kids are sex trafficked. It's like there's no like you know this isn't like people like people like to lump this like oh this is all conspiracy stuff. It's like, well, there are kids getting sex trafficked. There's been big sex traffickers getting busted, and then it just goes away. So, like you were saying, like the only people who can do that are, you know, like two people. That's like clearly something's amiss. How do you how do you get kids? Or what's like your? This might sound funny. What's like practical advice to like make sure your kids don't get caught up in this stuff? Because they're saying now with like the internet, they can kind of just contact kids online and like they look for kids who are like slightly disheveled. Well, it's the thing. I mean, if if a kid's from a lower socioeconomic background or dysfunctional background, they're uh, prime. Yeah, there's nothing you can do for predators. I mean, and predators really know how to prey. I mean, Mm -hmm. guys like Lawrence King and Craig Spence and Jeffrey Epstein. I mean, those guys are predators par excellence. They they know how to uh, how to get children, and um, and they obviously really don't have any legal. Uh, problems uh-huh. so retribution so they yeah. can they can get kids and molest them with impunity jesus so. christ that was the thing i was watching today was just about uh this one guy would go to like football games and just go to like a high school football game it's like he saw a girl with like an ankle monitor and he's like perfect she's clearly yeah, I guess if you just see a girl without a dad yeah or parents yeah just like, it's like perfect that's and epstein uh, was also buying children in eastern europe too Oh man! Because so, um, what didn't the uh, that Satanist group didn't they weren't they like breeding allegedly they were like breeding kids for like the purpose of selling them? Um, the finders there was like some the finders sort of, were uh, there was a, a telex about the finders buying a kid. Oh okay, in um, in Hong Kong, and um, and then there was also evidence that the finders would uh, respond to people that were looking for babysitters oh yeah oddly enough Jesus, if you look up man. the finders because when i was reading the book i started trying to look up the, there, there, there's almost nothing really? there's a great They're article awfully hard to find <laughs> elizabeth voss vos wrote a really good article on the finders it's the most uh it, it's the best rendition of the finders that anybody's ever come up with yeah. and um i did find one of those kids um and um, I got to the grandmother. I found the grandmother, and then the grandmother had taken on the finders to get the kid. And the finders had really subjected her to, you know, a terror, just a yes. lot of terror. And uh, but she's hung in there. She wanted her grandkid, her her grandchild, out of that cult. And um, I asked if the kid was only seventeen at that time, or. 16 and i asked if she would mind if i interviewed the kid and she said that she didn't want me to interview him. Gotcha. So I, I just you know backed off fair enough um, yeah. 
So we're getting close to time here. Yeah. How about you got a you got a book coming out? You said in July. I do. I've got a book you want to talk coming about out. That at all? You it's, must... it's it's called the uh, the truth about Watergate, a tale of extraordinary lies and liars, and um, what you'll see in this book is that the Watergate cover story is uh, is almost purely fabrications. And Woodward and Bernstein are pathological liars. Mm. Um, I've got them nailed in so many lies. I mean, they even lie. I mean, they lie about important things, but like Bernstein's talking about, you know, he's going out to talk to someone and he's in this storm. And then on that particular day, there's no storm. I mean, so I mean, they're they're lying about (laughs) inconsequential things like that. I mean, so, I mean, they're just, telling lies and um and bernstein said that he was gonna he was ducking a subpoena and 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 hung out in a theater where he was watching deep throat well actually deep throat wasn't even shown you know during that period in washington dc so there's so many lies Uh, and 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 deep throat woodward's you know sagacious source um yeah i really show how that's kind of impossible mark felt who was out at his deep throat after he was very uh suffering from dementia and wasn't quite there mm-hmm. and and i do think that mark felt gave um Woodward some information but mark felt was living in um he got fired from the uh fbi and supposedly felt would go by woodward's uh, apartment and if the, the flower pot was out then that meant that Woodward wanted to contact him and they'd and Woodward would take all these cabs and they'd meet in you know in Virginia. And um and it's kind of funny because the the real critical information that Deep Throat gave Woodward um is when after Felt got fired from the FBI. So he's driving in from Alexandria uh Virginia every day looking up at the <laughs> looking up at the patio but here's the kicker um Woodward's uh apartment f- faced a courtyard I mean you could not you to, to see to see Woodward's apartment you had to get out of your car and then walk 50 feet and and look straight up so yeah. I mean that's just one of many things. So the whole, just like a, as a summary, Watergate was like, what was what was the thing you think they're covering up? Watergate was, um, it was a silent coup. Hmm. Um, people, now Nixon, I, you know, I don't dispute that the dude had some major psychiatric issues, sure. but um, but what Nixon was trying to do is he was he was opening up China for uh, called reproachment diplomatic and then he was doing strategic arm limitations with the russians he wanted to really scale back on nuclear weapons and what happened there is like the jingos in the military and also in the cia really um and, and and nixon was conducting these negotiations um with a top secret communication system that the uh, that the Navy have it was called SD one. So initially, the Joint Chiefs of Staff had an espionage ring against Nixon, and then the administration outed them. And then, like, and, but then the CIA started to infiltrate, 
his administration, the inner sanctums, because all those uh, burglars that were busted at the Watergate, except for uh, G. Gordon Lee, well, he wasn't actually busted at the Watergate, but he was busted later on. Um, they were all CIA. Oh, fuck. So, uh, and, you know, Woodward has an extensive background in intelligence. And, um, and actually, the special prosecutor that was able to get rid of uh, Nixon, he, he has a background in a lot of connections to the CIA. So gotcha. the CIA was, you know, wanted to get rid of Nixon. And it got very, it had some fortuitous uh, things happen. And then, um, and then, but Watergate was like a completely a, a botched job. I mean, those guys should, they were in the Watergate twice and they should have been busted the first time, but the, uh, the security guard was cognitively cha challenged. I mean, he just wasn't that bright. I mean, at one point, <laughs> okay, so... <laughs> The, Forrest Gump told him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, no, no. Forrest Gump made this guy look like oh, Einstein. Really? Oh, I mean, no. So, um, <laughs> the or was he deep the, undercover? He could have been. <laughs> he could have been the, the ultimate the, deep throat. The Democratic National Committee was on the eighth floor of the Watergate, and um, the Federal Reserve was on the sixth floor. Now, someone had burgled the Federal Reserve a month earlier, but at what? one point. And this is mind-boggling. Um, McCord, who was a CIA guy forever, um, led the burglars, who were all CIA assets, um, up to the uh, signed in and went to, and this is around midnight, and went to the Federal Reserve. I mean, burglar, burglar. That I mean, <laughs> and they could, and and that security guard was too stupid to. <laughs> To call the police. Oh my so God. they, so I mean, they were they, like, we got to do it again. Yeah. They, so, so they had to do it. Yeah. So they had to do it again. And that's the reason right. you're here. Burglary. Yeah. yeah I mean, it, all right, go ahead. When you read the book, it's kind of, kind of mind boggling. What, what, what happened? What really happened? with At least, again? at least Nixon got off easy compared to JFK. True. Well, it's kind I of think, a nice thing. They, they toned it down a little. They were like, we're just going to fake a thing. You'll get impeached. It's better than getting your head blown off during a parade. Definitely. Well, the yeah. thing about that is um, there'd been so much blowback with Kennedy mm -hmm. um, and the Warren Commission. Uh, like a majority of the Americans didn't believe the Warren Commission. Mm -hmm. I mean, the media has had all these years to work on them and brainwash them, but 60% still don't think yeah. that Oswald acted alone. Uh -huh. So I think, and then you had the death of Martin Luther King and Bobby Kennedy. So I, I think had you not had those previous assassinations, the CIA probably yeah. would have assassinated Nixon. But this way it was, gotcha. it, was it was a kinder, gentler It's almost like why Maxwell's still alive. Yeah, you know? she died too. There's no way All they right. can do that again, just like that. I hope yeah. not. It's like every other. I think they can do every other. Yeah. Like, right, you Unless it's the that. civil rights leaders, then it's oh, dude, they, then they can yeah, do they every ice, single yeah, one. They ice them pretty badly. <laughs> yeah, they had a nice little run of assassinations there for a while. And I guess yeah, they, got, they got more yeah. sophisticated. Like, oh, I guess we could just make up terrible shit about these guys. And yeah, <laughs> a little easier. Well, I think that's it, Nick. Yeah. that was awesome, dude. Thank you. That so was much. awesome. Thank you thank so you. much. And uh, yeah, thanks for looking in all this stuff. It's pretty scary to do. You know. Yeah, you keep looking at it. What are you just trying to find the one that thing crazy that'll, lady that'll been, get you? Out of a dog, dude. Uh, I don't know. You know, it's once once I was on this trajectory, mm -hmm. 
I wanted to see justice. Yeah. I've talked to so many victims. I've spoken at so many conferences. I've interacted with, you know, so many victims. And I just, I want to see them get justice so they possibly can. Yeah, well, it's funny with the feminists, too, because they talk about the patriarchy. You're like, all right, here's a bunch of powerful men abusing children. And they're like, that's a conspiracy theory. And it's like, no, isn't that like your whole philosophy for how the world works? Like, no, that's conspiracy theory. <laughs> it's like, no, it's, there, there they are. Yeah. Lock them up. Them. Here's their names. Yeah, because it's kids, man. It's little kids. It's like, and yeah. it's definitely happening. And it's, you know, it's, it's fucked up. Yeah, it's, uh, had the media had any integrity whatsoever, Mm-hmm. Uh, Washington D.C. would have been filled with mobs mm-hmm. you know, demanding justice. There was a similar situation in Belgium, and it uh, hundred a couple hundred thousand Belgians hit the streets. Really? Yeah. This yeah. was how long ago was that? It was uh, late nineties. I think. Yeah, I remember yeah. there was a joke in a movie I heard about in the movie really? In Bruges. Oh, it is, and he makes a joke about Belgium. That's the only thing I've ever heard about the Belgium pedophile thing. It was um, Mark Dutro was the guy that got caught, and um, but yeah, that was a. I mean, you, at that point, you had law enforcement coming out and saying this is a cover up. Yeah, kind of like what? with uh, what happened with the Palm Beach Police Department and Epstein. Yeah, he blew the whistle on it. Pretty yeah, good for yeah. him. And they still cover it up. Like, all right, next level. I'm gonna hit the bathroom. Yeah, yeah. Well, all right. Well, let's wrap it up. <laughs> thank We're you very done. much. And uh, yes, yeah. Thank goodbye. you so much. All right. Well, that was our interview with Nick Bryant. Man. And I don't know about you. I feel spooked and I'm ready for this definitely to get taken down. For and sure. all of our money to be taken. Possibly. They're going to kill me with the heart attack gun. You think so? Yeah. I've been talking about being fat and doing coke. Uh, They're yeah. going to kill me with the heart attack gun. The sonic wave. You, you're jumping off a building. I think they'll let me eat true. Or they'll just like MK Ultra me. Let me go crazy. Yeah. That, they might, they might be, it might be good to keep me It'd around. Be pretty easy to get rid of us. Oh, dude. Dude, all the knowledge we just acquired. Also, I almost get I almost get rid of myself just like walking my dogs and like listening to my headphones. I I'm almost probably, get hit by a car like once a month. Yeah, I'm gonna let the CIA <laughs> off the hook here. I'm probably gonna have a heart attack. It probably wasn't them. <laughs> just be if patient. If I do commit suicide, that was probably me. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm not saying I'm suicidal, but if I ever do it, I was probably pretty sad. There's a greater chance of me killing myself than the CIA. Yeah, I can yes. see that. All right, that was that whole fucking thing was brought to you, Palm Mar-a- Beach Mar-a- Mar-a-Lago. Uh, the 14th, 15th, and 16th, I'll be at Good Nights in Raleigh. 22nd, 23rd, a little Nashville Comedy Festival. The 28th, 29th, and 30th, I'll be in Indianapolis, Helium. May, oh, here's the ones I got, I got to get out because I haven't done a good job of advertising mm-hmm. these. May 6th, Friday, May 6th, I'll be at the Academy 2 in Manchester, UK. Sunday, May 8th, I'll be at The Wardrobe in Leeds, United Kingdom. Monday, May 9th, I'll be in Glasgow at Oran Moor. Thursday, May 12th, I'll be in Dublin, Ireland at Liberty Hall. Early sold, early show sold out, not a big deal. Nice. Thursday, May 12th, there'll be a late show also at Liberty Hall in Dublin. Friday, May 13th, this is confusing for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Friday, May 13th, I'll be at the Leicester Square Theater. That is sold out. That's at 7.30. Friday, then I'm going across town. For a 9.30 show. Friday, May 13th, I'll be at mm. Shepherd's Bush Empire Theater uh, in London. And that's actually, that's the first like theater I'm ever doing in my life. Really? It'll be in, it'll be in London. Damn. It'll be pretty sick. That'll so be awesome. Shepherd's Bush Empire, May 13th, please come to that, blokes. Dude, <laughs> you got to go full Peaky Blinder. I'll, Keep I'll, the razor blades in your hat, fucking. 
bowl of beer. Oh, my order had a pinky mind. Uh, you better come to my show, eh? <laughs> I'll be in Austin April 14th at Cap City Comedy Club. Uh, Magoobie's Joke House, Yo. April 21st, Timonium, Maryland. That's going to be lit. That's going to be fun. April 21st. April 21st, right after 420, dude. I don't know if I'm going to be... I'm not Is that a weekday or... Uh, I believe it's a weekday. I, I might do a little guest spot. Dude, that would be so fun. I believe it's a... Oh, fuck, I'm in gay Nashville. I think it's a weekday. I'm pretty sure it's a I'm weekday. I'm in Nashville that whole week. And the big one, dude, the mother of all shows, Bananas Comedy oh my Club. God. Bananas April 29th and 30th. I don't know. It's I don't be think sold so. Out. They would have told me. That's no got to be sold out. April 29th and 30th, Bananas Comedy Club, Rutherford, North Jersey. <laughs> Rutherford. How have you not North been able Jersey. to say Rutherford? Is it Rutherford or Rutherford? Rutherford. Rutherford. Yeah, it's Rutherford's. First of all, Gonzaga's <laughs> not even in the fucking tournament, you dickhead. Yeah, I was no. like telling my cousin, I was like, I got Gonzaga. He well, they like, lost recently. Shit. They lost recently. Yeah, they, they did win. When I told you they were winning. They really? Were. Yes. And Gonzaga. Gonzaga. All right. So we're yeah. doing this before the episode? No. Whatever we'll, you guys put want. Put this at the end. This is at the end. end. Put it at the end. Yeah, yeah. put it at the end. Thank hey, you. Hey, gang. Thank you for watching our show. Yeah. Read the Franklin Scandal, dude. That shit's scary. Dude, I'm, I'm all over it. It's, it's spooky. It's great. All right. Goodbye. Farewell.